Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and today I have a great interview with Josh G, who is the art historian, um, dark art supporter, creator of Creep Machine, which is a really cool website back in the day um, for kind of weird and dark art. Uh, 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 and a uh, uh, tech guru. He works in tech in Northern California, and he is offering to give his views on email marketing today. Now, this doesn't sound like a very glamorous topic, but I think it's really important. It's something I want to do more of. And as artists, you know, we can't afford to uh, blow off the things we're not interested in. It's, you know, to make a successful art career, you have to kind of hit every uh, potential uh, marketing tool. You have to take advantage of every marketing tool, take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way, really, um, as long as it's a good opportunity. Uh, anyway, I think it's a really important topic, and uh, so I had Josh on to talk about it, and we talked a lot about it, and he had a lot of great ideas, so everyone should listen to this, if you're, especially if you're an artist. Uh, we also talked about AI some, which is really interesting. And uh, so, yeah, it's a great episode, great interview. Hope you enjoy it. Um, what I have been working on is, let's see, I've been doing some tool posters. I'm still doing, you know, my usual kind of uh, playing catch up and, and trying to get things done that I owe people, commissions and stuff like that. Right now I'm working on these tool posters that I've had for a long time for a really great collector and... Um, after that, I have another set I have to finish, and and then on to commissions, and I got so much stuff going on. I finished this little guy. Well, almost finished. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this guy's going to get molded on Thursday, and we're going to start doing casts of this. i got to come up with a name for him. Anyway, uh, oh, let's see. What else? Uh, uh, totally blanking. Yeah, I'm working on some, uh, an 11 by 14 frame option. I'm going to probably sell on the website. So that's going well. Lots of things happening. Lots of things happening. I'm also going to, I need to, uh, amass as much money as I can this week. So, uh, I'm going to off, be offering a bunch of, I'm going to be throwing stuff up on my website this week. So, um, if you're interested, interested in getting anything, it's, it's a good week cause I'll have sale prices and, um, be offering a, a bunch of things that I haven't put up before, like some weird studio studies I've been hanging on to and stuff like that. Um, you can go to chetzar.bigcartel for that, chetzar.bigcartel.com for that. And, um, let's see, I guess that's it. Um, anyway, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much everything that's going on. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society. We really appreciate it. 
if you can do that, this is a listener supported show. And, um, we really seem to have plateaued a bit on our memberships. I know because the economy is really bad, but anything you can do to kind of spread the word about this podcast, I still think it's a great resource for artists. And I know a lot of people listen for free, which is fine. But, you know, if you could, uh, manage to pay a buck a month, it really helps when, when uh, a lot of people do it, it all adds up, allows me to keep making this podcast. And I've got some really great guests lined up coming up soon too. It's going to be next month is going to be killer for uh, guests. Um, So yeah, go to patreon.com slash dark art society and you could join for as little as a dollar. If you join at the $5 level, you get a 20% discount code for skull shop. skull shop skull you've seen many times if you watch the the podcast on youtube amazing amazing skulls um s-k-u-l-l-s-h-o-p-p-e.com uh also if you want to support me you can go to uh uh, uh patreon.com slash chetzar and um i show everything i'm working on post pictures all the time post time lapses and all that so that really helps as well. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, if you join the Dark Art Society podcast, uh, Patreon too, you can get your name read right on the air every week. And this week we have one new subscriber. And that person is named Terry LaFay. Thank you, Terry LaFay. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Um, I guess that's it. Let's get on with it. Like I said, this is a really great and informative interview and something that all artists, especially dark artists, need to hear and start thinking about because email marketing is really underrated. And I know I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be doing it uh, after talking to Josh. I'm kind of excited about it. Anyway, so here we go. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, Josh, friend of the show. Hey, how's it Josh going? G. Good. So great to have you back. I um, I want to mention also that you're, at least according to SoundCloud, where we where we initially host the podcast, your episode about Instagram marketing for artists is the most listened to podcast in the in all of the Dark Art Society podcast episodes <laughs> that's wild that's, that's crazy wild. <laughs> i mean is it still because a lot of it i don't know if folks are still looking it's for still, it instagram has changed so much it's still it's still the top one wow it's crazy um i think the second one is the, the one that mike and i did called movies that influenced films that influence which is totally weird because it's just us talking about weird movies that we like <laughs> I, I can see that though like you know I always dig talking about movies and then hearing it from someone else's perspective, especially someone that's worked in the industry. Yeah. You know, I mean, I find myself on YouTube a lot watching like someone's take on shining or something like that. So I I can see that generating a lot of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the Instagram for artists is the king of the podcasts at the dark art society. So Congrats. Well, we'll see if this one, how, how well this one does. I yeah. don't know if it's generally as exciting as Instagram. 
So just for people um, to refresh their memories, can you just talk a little bit about your background before we start talking about this stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if I said this last time. So I, I, I went to college for art history. Right. Um, for years, I was working just a bunch of odd jobs. I had no direction. And then um, I really I found that one teacher that really got me excited about art and art history. Um, and so I went to college for that. And my goal was really to focus on the whole dark art scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I grew up watching horror movies and listening to heavy metal and stuff like that. And I knew that there was something there that was just beyond like, oh, cool. Look at that little knucklehead kid wearing that metal shirt. Right. <laughs> and so I, I focused on that. Um, but then after college, you know, the economy's changed. I think it's really hard being a teacher in any capacity now. Oh, yeah. And so... Um, you know, and my one of my mentors at school, she's brilliant, you know, PhD, focus on religious iconography. And, you know, she's she's having a challenge out there. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, she's brilliant. I'm trying to be brilliant <laughs> and she's struggling. So I need to think of something else. So I um started learning a bunch about technology, just wherever I could, marketing tools, social media, Photoshop, everything. Oh, and so this led, your, your your tech stuff was later in life then? It was mm-hmm. you weren't like the nerdy computer kid. Oh, interesting. No, okay. I didn't get it. I didn't get a computer. My I think my first computer was probably I was around twenty-two. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> late. Uh, it was it, it was pretty late, yeah. And but I took to it immediately just because I think being able to to do a lot of things by yourself. You know, so when I got into electronic music, I was like, cool, no more waiting for flaky drummers, yeah, (laughs) no more flaky bass players or flaky singers. I could do whatever I wanted and kind of work on that. Um, and so I've kind of just continued that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that brought me to the Bay Area where I've just been working for a bunch of tech companies, you know, doing marketing and social media stuff and just learning whatever I can. Um, so that's that's probably been about the past 10 years of my life. And then also on the side is, you know, kind of helping artists with stuff and sharing what I've learned. And, you know, I, yeah. I still really try to help out with art because, you know, selfishly, I want to see more awesome art. You know, I want to <laughs> yeah. see that scene grow. And, you know, I, I love looking at historical art, but the fact that new stuff is still coming and you're still being surprised and you're still seeing, you know, every... You know, even though I've seen a lot of art from the past and kind of studied it pretty heavily, there's still stuff that comes out that I'm just blown away by. Yeah. I'm like, right. man, where did this come from? Yeah, that's what it's all about, you know, yeah. finding those pieces, those amazing pieces that shock you and surprise you. And um Yeah, so yeah, for so for for people who don't know, Josh is is, you know, is a, a an integral member of the Dark Art Society, very helpful, underutilized. I always tell people, Josh will always help and answer any questions you have about marketing, social media. And I know people don't do it like they should, but I'm telling you, if you want help with something tech, you hit them up. But anyway, we're going to, we're going to cover some of that, um, on the show today here. So, um, yeah, I, you, you brought up, a, a I think randomly, you just asked me if I do email marketing. Um, and I was like, no, but I've, uh, well, I have an email list, but I haven't really done anything with it for probably, I haven't, I don't think I've even used it in the last five or six years, maybe longer, just because 
the the my, the model has changed for me with Patreon as kind of like my home base with the hardcore people and I let them know about everything first and then social media is the other version of an email list <clears throat> but it's so dumb to not be using that I feel and um it's it's I think it's really under under um or overlooked and underappreciated the the email marketing because think about all the email crap we get and it's like if it wouldn't if it wasn't working people wouldn't be doing it so <clears throat> yeah that's definitely a big part of it like when i first got into it i kind of had the attitude like you know oh email you know i, I don't know it feels <laughs> like one of those things that you just kind of do right. you know um but once i got into it I really kind of realized how helpful it was and profitable, you know, not even profitable just from a money standpoint, but just as far as like if followers and building a base, mm -hmm. you know, um, I think you probably heard me say this quite a few times when you build a following on Instagram or TikTok or any of these other platforms, you have fans, you can't necessarily bring them somewhere. Oh yeah. You know? Know. So like if Instagram falls apart or TikTok is banned, like they're kind of talking about doing right now. And right our politicians, you lose that base. Yep. Now, hopefully your, you know, I know this word's not popular in the art world, but your personal brand is strong enough mm -hmm. that someone's going to search you out anyway. Right. But a lot of folks might not. And that never sat well with me where you have followers, but it's really Instagram that has followers. Yeah. It's really TikTok. But when you have an email list, that you, I mean, you have those rules and guidelines you have to follow, but those folks interacted with you in a way that's almost more powerful than following someone on Instagram. You right. know, like if I find an artist, I hit follow, cool, let's see what they do. But if I sign up for an email form, I'm kind of entering a relationship mm -hmm. where I know something's going to come, like a newsletter or something. Um, so it's it's kind of like, to me, they're higher quality you know, the, the following that you get there. Right. Um, they do need to be nurtured a little bit more because you can bug them depending on your, your following. Right. But the benefits I think are just, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, and I hate to sound too salesy, but you know, uh, it's you're getting zero dollars from it right now. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> if you start doing it, it's nothing but profit. But I, I think it's just beneficial in the fact that, you know, you get to feel secure that no matter what happens with social media, because who knows where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Look what happened to you Twitter. Know? Oh my yeah. God. It's a, it's a nightmare over there. It's so. Oh, every other day so I'm bad. hearing stuff and I'm just like, I heard, I heard the source code got leaked or something <laughs> and it's just like, wow. Um, and so that, that I think reminds me even more like having, because your following really is integral to your career. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, absolutely. If I, yeah. If I work at a bakery, as long as people like bread, they're going to keep coming in. Right. And as long as we make good bread, but for, for an artist, that's an integral part. And if you lose all them, like if TikTok shuts off, yep. or Instagram shuts off, even if you gain some of those back later, cause they search you out again, Yeah. there's still that time period where yeah. who knows what's going on. And who knows how long it, I mean, it, I, I have, uh, I've been stuck still at 121,000 followers on Instagram, but it was all organic and it was all over, I don't know, 12 years or something. I don't, I'm not sure how long I've been on there. So it's like, you know, how long would it take to get that amount of people back 
if something happened, yeah. it would take years and years. And, uh, and you, you know, you don't even, you don't even have a guarantee that, that you are going to find them again. So, yeah, I think a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people on Twitter were making, they have businesses, a lot of artists, especially like, especially the NFT people are screwed if Twitter goes down because they got nothing. They got yeah. nothing except Twitter. And, uh, and I think that really started freaking people out. And it's funny because I, um, I always go back to your initial advice way back when, where you said, have a website as a home base, because that way you have a home base, no matter what happens, you have this website. And I was right around the time Elon Musk took, took over Twitter and there started being all these broken links and things I, I posted. I'm like, you know, this, if this should prove to you that you need a website you know you need something in case this place goes down and people are like some people were kind of like yeah well i don't know but it as it went on it just kept getting worse and, and you know now it's it's like it's terrible it's really terrible i go on there as a as for fun i go on and i i just block anytime i see an advertiser i just block them <laughs> yeah. so i feel like it's kind of like the right thing to do yeah, yeah. Way, yeah I it's... haven't logged into Twitter for, geez, at least five or six months. So I kind of hear, you know, from folks how bad it's doing. Yeah. But I'm getting all this right wing content. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so fucked up. And uh, but anyway, it's it's really it's really bad. But um, yeah, so that's what I need to to get back. Focus on my my um my my email list. And I guess one of the reasons I stopped using it as much, well, the main thing was social media, the prevalence of social media, but, and Patreon, which has worked really well kind of as a, as a, as an email list for me. But, um, I, I was noticing, I was, I was looking up the, the analytics on my emails and the vast majority, majority of them were not even getting opened, you know? So, so, but it was like, I got this crappy system that looks like HTML. <laughs> it looks really bad. I don't have like a cool um, email uh, client or whatever you call them. You know, uh, I'm not, it's it's called eye contact. And it's oh, yeah, a, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, it's kind of an older one. And they did upgrade the the themes and stuff to where it can look nice but it for some i never it was just a little too complicated and so i never got into it so i have these crappy my it looks like my my emails on my email list look like a web page from like 2002 or something i mean a lot of that stuff is coming back so yeah i know right it might start doing well now yeah i'm ahead of the curve yeah. Well, the, the benefit with it is, is it's definitely a lot better now. There's more players kind of in the game, you know, like a couple names, you know, um, MailChimp is a popular That's the one. one I hear about all the time. Yeah. Um, I would even push artists over to one called MailJet. Hmm. And the reason why I like MailJet is um, for the free tier, it gets you 6,000 email sends a month. Hmm, so okay. that's unlimited contacts. So every oh, email, cool. every email program works with profiles and sends. So you can have as many contacts as you want in there, and then you can send a total of six thousand. So like every single email that goes out counts 
But if you have a list of, say, 500 people, how many times can you send them something? Now, you might not want to, but it gives you that freedom right. that you, you know, hey, I've got a show coming up. This is really important. Let's hit 4,000 people on my list and make them and, and get them aware of this. And to your point, you will have emails that just folks don't open. Right. And that's for a variety of reasons, right? Like, I mean, I don't know about your inbox, but I get like a hundred emails every day. Yeah, I'm not opening a hundred. Yeah, it's a nightmare. You know, but one of the things that's kind of cool about it is that a lot of times folks will scan their inbox, look at a subject line, and that's all the info they needed. Mm, okay. So if, yeah, so if you're, hey, you know, Chet sends out an email, 20% off sale in my big cartel. I don't want to give you a big discount like that. Let's do 10%. <laughs> 10% on my big cartel. They're just going to go directly there because they already know your website. Right. They're not going to click it. So this um, is a, a, a strategy then as well? Like maybe put... I, I think less of a strategy. It can be a part of your strategy, but more of a perspective, right? Where in social media, like for Instagram, we're so used to folks liking or commenting. Right. And then that's where we know, okay, we have a winner. That's also kind of been a lie in a way where there are folks that love our stuff and love what we post on Instagram, never liked, never commented, never did anything. Right. But they still paid attention to it long enough. They looked at it long enough. They did something. And maybe they're the ones that go to your show and bought a painting and you've never met them before because right. they've been kind of lurking on your profile. So that'll happen in email as well. But generally... You know, I don't know what kind of percentage engagement you have on Instagram, but for a while there, mine was below like a percentage. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not Kim Kardashian or nothing like that. I'm not getting millions <laughs> of people looking at my stuff. But with email, it's generally more like a good open rate could be around three to five percent. Oh, really? So it is a little bit higher, but that's just if they open. Right. If they scan and see cool. I know what's happening or, you know, upcoming show at Copro gallery. Oh, I know where that is. I'm going anyway. Right. So I think it's more of instead of like Instagram or, or whatever, where we're trying to get the highest number possible, it's more of with email. It's what's the best message I can send out there. Right. What's going to help them. Uh, sales are great. Like if you're having a promotional sale, um, if you are having an upcoming show, if you're launching a new Kickstarter, Right. That's those things where I think someone will look at the email and then they'll, you know, like me, I get a ton of emails about synthesizers. So <laughs> I'm scanning. And then if I see one I like, I'm going to open it. Right. And that's how they get me looped in. And next thing you know, I'm checking the email out. And um, and then you can learn more about your customers, that your fans. I hate to say customers, but your fans that way as well. You'll mm -hmm. see what they click on. You'll see what they interact with. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, I'm imagining, um, a, a good, uh, uh, mail jet or uh MailChimp. they have the analytics have like, you know, it tells you what they're doing, if they're opening, what they're mm -hmm. clicking on and all this stuff too, which is, I, I think is probably really important, right? Yeah. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see the open rate, which I would look at that with a grain of salt because, some email clients, when the email is downloaded, the account counts it as an open. Oh, okay. So, okay. I, I don't really look at those myself, but like you'll see a click through rate. So when you go look at your email, you'll see the percentage of folks that are clicking. Um, you'll also be able to see, and you can look and go in and look at an email address 
and see what they clicked. Hmm. And then you can create new lists on those. So, you know, this is what we can't do in Instagram, which is awesome in email, is you can go into MailChimp or MailJet or any of the other ones and say, hey, uh, let's make a list of just people that clicked my email in the last 30 days. Oh, what a great idea. And then it'll put a list together and then you can send an email just to those oh, folks. That's so cool. Yeah, that's that's great. See, these are the, again, this is like, it's so funny. This is the same kind of like light bulb moment I had on the first episode we did where it was like, these are such obvious kind of ideas but i just you just never think of it like that like me the the dummy artist guy i'm like i see oh i only got like uh i don't know five percent of my emails opened that's a total failure it's not working it's all screwed up and then you're telling me it's like you have to think of it in terms of these low rates you're not expecting 100 percent of 100 percent of the people to open it it's just not the way it works, right? It's more exactly. like you're hitting mass amounts of numbers and you're and you're expecting a low percentage of them and those are your people that you're kind of targeting. Yeah, down. and you get to email, I think you get to tell better stories too, mm -hmm. right? Where you're not limited by, you know, uh, uh, seconds of a video on TikTok. You're not limited to, right. you know, someone getting, you know, complaining that your Instagram picture has text in it and they're like eh, i don't want to see this <laughs> um so with email you get to kind of craft something a little better you know where um you're really kind of building that community that's really interested in what you're doing mm -hmm. um you get to learn more about them you know you can i mean if you depending on how you know in depth you wanted to get you could have your followers or your fans send have their birthdays a part of their your email list hmm. oh, it's wow. in there and then depending on what service you use an automatic email goes out on their birthday or you write it yourself right it doesn't matter and then you know connect with them a little bit more on that way you know or or reach out and say hey i saw you at the show you took some great pictures right, right. i'm gonna put those in an email what do you think and yeah. then now you're putting an email out of your show photos courtesy of this person you're collaborating together Hey, make sure to check out their website. It's it's more of, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like when, you know, you'd see you know, older folks read the paper every, you know, in the morning, you know, mm -hmm. leave it to beavers and stuff like that. Like I kind of look at email like that where I get to get a little bit more in depth with the things I'm interested in. Right. Rather than Instagram where it's really like, okay, cool. Great new painting. I love this. Well, what else? Right, right. You know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have so many questions here. Um, I was okay. One question that comes to mind is I have, what is it now? Uh, probably, uh, 10, 12 years of emails of, of people that ordered through my big cartel shop. So I've got like, it's not a uh, mailing list anyone opted into, but I wonder if there's any way, I know that that's like spamming if I just kind of take their emails without their permission and put them in, the, in a mailing list. But is there a way to, to use those to like make a mailing list and say, hey, would you like to be on my mailing list? Or is that like cross a line? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tricky now since there's that GDPR that happened in Europe, right? So that's the general data protection. I'm probably saying it wrong. 
but there's so there's quite a few things there's gdpr in europe there's ccpa here basically you know you've probably seen on websites where you get that little window that pops up asking for your cookies that you accept Mm -hmm. a lot of these data privacy rules are coming into play now where i would say it's best to err on the side of caution and just you can probably go into your email client eye contact right now and see who's still opted in if they're still opted into your emails Mm-hmm. then you can use those because they've oh, given you consent. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. They've said, cool, I'm open for this relationship. If they've said I'm unsubscribed, I generally clean those folks out. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The benefit with them is that they might come back. Right. You know, um, a friend of mine, his wife works at a company doing like sporting goods and they'll lose a bunch of people throughout the main bulk of the year. They'll come back during the holiday and unsubscribe again. And then come back during the holiday and unsubscribe again. So you'll have those folks that kind of have that behavior where, you know. Oh, you mean they subscribe and then they. Unsubscribe. And they unsubscribe and then they subscribe again and then they unsubscribe. Yeah. I I mean, I could see. I mean, you've had those days to where you're like, I'm so sick of seeing this email and you unsubscribe from it when it's, you know, it might be someone you cure, you know, you are interested in. Um so I could see that I could see that yeah. happening, you know, because I have those those moments. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so so they might be like wanting something for the next couple months because a spouse has a birthday coming up or something, and they want to get in on the any sales. And then after that, they know they're not going to be buying anything for the rest of the year. It makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it could also be as simple as. You know, well, I really wanted to learn about this artist and, you know, it, you'll have I, like I've worked with with friends before where they'll just email during sales, which is helpful. But at the same time, you know, I can look on the website probably or see on Instagram. So I think it's best to look at it really like a different channel to share information that you either won't always share on Instagram and, and you can get more in depth here. Like treat those, right. I guess, I guess that's a good way is like, look at your email folks, like VIP. Right. Which and is how to treat them that way. Right. Okay. This, this is how, how I treat my Patreon, Patreon people at this right now. You know yep. what I mean? So how do I square that? You know what I mean? It, cause, Cause it's almost like maybe there's general, general people on Instagram that are getting everything, whatever they see for free. They're not necessarily invested in me. Then you've got the next tier maybe are the email people and then the top tier are the Patreon people because they're the w- people willing to actually pay you. To sp- Most people are paying to support you, I think, rather than yeah. what they get. That's that's my experience. So, so maybe there's three levels there in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, another way you can kind of look at it is, I mean, to have a, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't want to say super successful because it's different for every person, but I think you could really have a solid email program by uh, emailing folks when you have a new show, emailing folks when you have a sale, and you're on Squarespace, right? Uh, yeah, 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 mm, yep. So Squarespace, Shopify, others—they have automatic triggers that go out automatically for you based mm-hmm. on behavior. So one of them is the abandoned cart email. Oh. That one is amazing. Because <laughs> let's say someone goes to your website or your, your, your shops on big cartel. Yeah. Let's say someone goes to your website, 
put stuff in the cart and then they leave. They're like, ah, I'm going to go eat, go do something else. Right. Whatever. They forget about two hours later, they'll get an email that says, Hey, this stuff's still in your cart. And what's amazing about those, they seem really minimal, but a lot of companies that's where a bulk of their email revenue comes from wow. is that email itself. Wow. And, I never learned about them, but one of the tricks, and and uh, and I'll have you try this too whenever you're bored, is next time you go to a website you like, put something in the cart, mm -hmm. make sure you're signed in, and then leave. Mm -hmm. And chances are, in about 24 to 48 hours, you'll you know in that time you'll get an email, hey Chet, you left this in your cart, what's up? If you wait longer, you'll get, hey Chet, will 20% off do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so wow. <laughs> I'm constantly doing that where I want something. We're all pinching pennies. It's it's not enjoyable out there. Like bread's like, what, nine bucks a loaf now right. or something? Um, So a lot of times I'll put something in the cart and I'll see. I'm not. So, yeah, as long as, you, yeah as, as long as you're patient, you know, you might yeah. you might end up getting a pretty good deal out of it. That's so funny. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, it's a little bit different, I think, because, you know, always adding discounts to art, I think, probably isn't always the best thing, right? It's a little bit different than buying a new stereo or buying a phone or something like that. But I think there are at least triggers that you can have that go on in the background. And so I would definitely look at it like a, a solid email program for an artist could really be just one email a week. Mm. And that's about it. Mm. So you can still have that nice content for your Patreon subscribers. They get the pre the pre previews of stuff. They get the behind the scenes. And you can even grab like, hey, my Patreon subscribers really dug this behind the scenes shot of me painting like your latest painting, the big, huge one. Mm -hmm. And then that goes into your email three weeks later. Right. Everyone's already seen it. Yeah, that's Let's true. Let's pop it in here. That's true. You know, and that kind of goes along with that idea where, you know, the other benefit of being an artist is none of your content has an expiration date on it. You know, it's it's paintings that hopefully will live longer than all of us. Right. So you can kind of keep bringing those up and then oh, let's put them in here. And I'm going to talk about this piece That's a true. little bit more. That's true. We have some prints. Right. You know, and you get to craft a little bit more of a story for those folks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that it would be worth the time as well to go in. And I've, of course, I have never done this, even though I have thought about it a lot would be to go in to your um, email list and find the people that you actually know. Cause a lot of people you, you, you know, because they bought so much from your store and kind of separate them out. And, and like, you know, if they only have their first name, put their last name in there. If you, if they have any other information, put that in the notes or whatever, and really get, you know, treat it, as like very important marketing research, I suppose, or, you know, just yeah. as a way to like, I don't know. It just seems, it seems like one of those things that no artist would ever want to do. Cause it's just a pain in the ass, but, but it seems like it would be really Im potentially um, important to do, you know, it's like time well spent. It seems like it would be. Yeah, I don't think you have to spend too much time on it either. Like, you know, you could make it like a Friday ritual where you go in there, you look at an email you sent. Um, you can also, every email you send, depending on the platform, I don't know if eye contact does this, but we'll have like a heat map where you can look at the email and see where someone clicked 
or see the links mm-hmm. they click. Okay, right. It's like, let's say you had a solo show at Copro and you sent an email out and said, hey, everybody, I have a show at Copro. The email goes out a week later, you look at it and you can see how many people clicked and actually went to that link. Right. You could create a whole new list from those people that clicked and then send an email out and say, hey, I saw you were interested yeah, in the you're show. Yeah, you're the clickers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw, yeah, you're the clickers. <laughs> Who wants to buy mushrooms? Um, <laughs> uh, so all of you clicked on the show. You were super interested in it. Well, you know, write a review and I'll send you out a free sticker based on the show oh, flyer yeah. or something wacky like that. What a great idea. So that's something you can it's really challenging to do with Instagram. I don't even know if you can, right? You can't separate those people out and say, Hey, you know, like, uh, you know, your threadless shop, you send an email out and you put like four images, shoes, a shirt, a blanket, and some stickers. You can look who bought shoes and now create a list from those people, send them an email and say, Hey, I know you guys all looked at shoes. I'd like your input. What do you think about this as a next pair of shoes? Would you buy this and send them a picture of it? And now you're literally being able to ask those folks that showed interest if they would be interested in the next one. Yeah. that's And then they all reply and say, thumbs up. Those are awesome. Now you send a new email later. Oh, there's, they're available now. What do you think? Right. You know? So you really get to kind of have like almost like an ongoing conversation based on what they're doing. Yeah, which I mean, and and that's, you know, I, I know that you are sensitive to um, how you word things. Uh, like you said, you don't, you know, I hate to say customer. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, stuff like that, because, you know, as artists and art lovers, we're, we're in it for more than the money. We're in it for we're trying to make money at it because we want to support the thing we love to do. It's like if there if we wanted to make money, we'd be doing other things. There's easier ways to make money. It's for damn sure. Oh, yeah. um, so it's like, you know, we don't like to uh, refer to things in, in those kind of terms, but um but that is, you know, if you're going to survive as an artist, it's like that stuff is just so it's crucial, you know. If you want to keep making the work, you have to do this stuff. This is just the reality of it. And I just don't think it's a bad thing to, um, you know, I guess my point was you can, by doing what you're saying and sort of having these more intimate relationships, I suppose you could say, or more in-depth relationships with, with your um, fans, you are not only, um, it's, it's also, and I'm really bad at explaining myself. It's not only good for like sales but it's also good for building a actual relationship with someone who loves what you're doing so they don't have to be these two mutually exclusive things it's like you can kind of do both and not have it be like this horrible capitalist nightmare thing you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah i mean and i agree like i definitely catch my my wife catches me a lot you know i've been in marketing so long where you know, uh, what we were having a conversation a week ago and she came up with an idea. She had an idea and where I should be just like, oh, cool, babe. That's a great idea. I was I, I think I responded like, huh, I like where your head's at. We should probably chat about this later. And I went right into like marketing zone <laughs> and I had to catch myself. But I, I do oftentimes I will misconstrue the words where but I think it is really important. Right. Like first and foremost, an artist has fans. And ideally, that's that's what you have. And mm-hmm. fans, 
that definition can fit so many things. It could be someone that just loves your work and may never be able to afford some of it, mm-hmm. or they're saving and one day they can, um, or, you know, they have a ton of it or, you know, or they're like a, a, a horror t-shirt fan that collects horror t-shirts and that's their thing. Right. You know, so I think the fan is like a really great word because it means so many things. Mm-hmm. And I think customer is something you are temporarily and then right. you jump back into that. Right. Yeah, so like yeah. when I, when I go to like a music store, I'm a customer temporarily. I'm a fan of the machine I bought in the company. Right. And that's where I'm looking at geeking out, mm-hmm. watching people on YouTube mess around with it. But the customer is just like a little state. And I think it helps thinking about that just in how do customers think, you know? And like one, I think is a great example is I was chatting with another artist a while ago and they were kind of mentioning that they are kind of, you know, I'm struggling a little bit, right? It's tough. Not everybody can buy art if the economy is not doing well. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll eat ramen noodles for six months if I can buy a new painting, but not everyone's like that. Right. <laughs> but I mentioned to this artist and I said, you know, I, I looked at their body of work that they had available and I was like, you have a lot of paintings and expensive prints. Where's everyone else? Right. You know, there's no stickers, there's no pins, there's no patches. Yep. And I know that stuff kind of sometimes maybe not doesn't feel like a thing to sell. Well, I don't want to sell little stuff. But what you've done is basically if you don't do that and it's everyone's choice is closed off where some fans can enter into buying right. stuff yeah. and others, they can't, you know, I've been very lucky that I've been able to score some pretty crazy pieces in my time. But when I first got into the art world, it was a lot of me. Like I still have boxes filled with hundreds of show flyers mm-hmm. because that was my way of collecting art. So right. I put it on the wall and here's a show flyer, you know, and if, I'll tell you, if those artists had a way for me to collect stickers or buttons or whatever, I would have had it all over the place. Oh, yeah. You know, and so at least kind of considering fans like a customer, if even just temporarily gives us that ability to go, okay, am I offering everything for them? Am I allowing them to kind of partake in this as well? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the words are kind of interchangeable in a way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's I think it's such a good thing to do. Um, you know, I know that I don't know, it seems like people think some people think it cheapens you to sell merch and stuff like that, but 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 I I don't I just totally disagree with that cuz I I feel like for one thing, it's fun. It's fun putting your logo on something and on a button or something. It's just it's yeah. like I don't know, I find that fun i like to collect stuff like that from people i like like i try i always think of the customer or the fan as myself what do i like and and i just am if i if i think it's cool then i think it's you know then i'll do it but um but you're really by selling uh cheaper items you're you just what you said you you are you're not it's it's kind of like it's not elitist you know, and it's and it's not like, you know, if you can't afford hundreds of dollars, then I don't care about you. It's like, I know a lot. I have a lot of fans that can only afford a twenty dollar print. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know. I I'm, I I I've talked to them on uh, Instagram and stuff, and so I, I feel like it's it's a really good thing to do. That it's a really good, 
thing to offer that. And you can, and it can be a way to make money for you as well. I just sold like today, I just sold like, uh, I don't know, like 170 bucks worth of $20 prints. So yeah. I just bought like, I don't know, six or something or seven. I don't know what it was, but it's like, you know, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I've done that as well. Like when it comes to like music gear and stuff like that, like, you know, I, okay, I can spend this much on one thing or I can spend the exact same amount on seven things, Right. <laughs> you know? And if you have like an apartment and you want stuff on the walls, you want to create your space that you live in, I can have one painting, you know, and maybe that's just good enough. That's what you want. It's, it's like your dream piece right. or whatever, or to that point, get 10, 20 prints, yeah. you know? And yeah. so you might have kind of like a reoccurring kind of, um, you know, fan or collector I, in a way. I know. Yeah. I know a lot of collectors that have, that have, I know collectors that have take cut pages out of my book and put them in frames, you know, cause it's like, yeah, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever it takes. It's, it's the, you know, it's, it's the fact that they love it enough to do, to do that is, is cool. And, um, you know, I like, I, like accommodating people i i don't like the idea that i don't know it just seems so snobby to be like it's weird on one hand as an artist you want your prices to be as high as possible you know that's kind of like your uh, overall overarching career goal is like to have expensive work as yeah. an artist um but i don't like the idea that you have to be rich you can only collect art if you're rich that's it. Bottom line. And so, you know, I, I, when you offer all these different price points, then you're including everybody. And that is really, um, I think that's one of the cool things about the, the whole dark art scene as well is like, it's not a super elitist blue chip. It's more of a blue collar. It's more of a people's art. I, you know, I feel, um, I, uh, it's I agree. for everyone. I, it's I, art for everyone kind of. Yeah. I, I've been in a couple arguments with some of my professors. I got into some heated ones sometimes. <laughs> and one of them was over that, which was the attitude, like there's a specific path into being a respectable artist, you know, where you have to be at the right museum, the right gallery, sell the right work. You can't do this. And and then out of nowhere, and then in the, what, the 80s, Keith Haring in New York, they did all the little cartoon men and stuff like that, mm -hmm. had the pop shop. Sold mm. watches, chairs, couches, T-shirts. So even that, like Keith Haring, who's considered like, you know, a, a modern art pop star yeah. did that stuff. Yeah. You know, and so I think a lot of times, I think there's some great stuff to learn from the past and to emulate, but I also think it just needs to change because the way that people look at and consume art changes too. Yeah. You know, like one of the things I, I've run out of wall space totally. So I've moved into T-shirts. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I've been buying horror T-shirts off of like, you know, all these different sites. Um, and I keep getting so Oh, and a vinyl record collection, too. I started that, which probably isn't the greatest idea just because. Vinyl records so are so cool, though. I mean, they're so they, and, and some of the new ones they're doing, like, the, the you know, they get special artists to do the covers. Know. You know, it's kind of like what Mondo's doing. And yeah. so it's one more place where I can have art a part of my environment. Yeah, yeah. You know, because if if you're going to say like, well, the only way you could be a true art fan and buy stuff from a true artist is wall art. 
paintings and drawings and stuff, you're really limiting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where, I mean, I've, you know, I have art shoes with someone's paintings on it, mm -hmm. t-shirts, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fully prepared to be like that 70 year old man wearing the loudest outfit possible <laughs> because it's got art. I love on it. Right. And I think that, um, I think, I, I think that's just great for the artists and the fans too. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I, I've never, I don't know. I, I, I guess the, the artwork I, I, grew up on too is not blue chip art in a way i guess i mean like for you know i i was the kid that would get a frazetta shirt you know and it's like i think that's cool i'm <laughs> sorry maybe i'm like trashy or whatever but i think it's cool i think yeah. it's awesome um i don't know it's it just comes down to to what you like i suppose but uh yeah like uh uh do you know uh eric pickers you know toxic tunes yeah I, his shirt, he, I have, like, I can't buy my, Lisa won't let me buy any more shirts for him because <laughs> it's like every time he puts a shirt out, I have to buy it because I just love them because of the artwork. They're so cool. And so I just, I have to, I really have to, I have way too many shirts than I need because I buy them for the artwork and I just think they're so cool. You know? Well, it's, it's, it's the art too, but one of the things I, I was hooked into t-shirts quite a while ago and I, I found that like it creates this community or, or connects a community that's out there mm -hmm. already. You know, like I've been in public before. Or I'll go to the store and I'll have like, you know, my return living dead shirt on or something like that. Oh, and so yeah. when I'm like zombie movies, it's just like, oh, no way. Then you start chatting about zombie movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, True. I was in a store a week ago with my God machine hoodie and someone stopped me in the aisle. Oh, where'd you get that? And now I'm telling him about an artist he's never heard yeah, of before. Yeah. So it's also kind of a way to like connect with like-minded folks, True. you know? So I think a shirt just outside of looking cool is also just advertisement for the stuff we love. Right. True. True. Yeah. And, and, uh, signaling to other people, I don't know what you're into, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so cool. So I'm thinking, because you were going to help me, you said you offered to help me with my email marketing, which I really appreciate. Um, that's the kind of guy Josh is. <laughs> um, so I was thinking, I should. I, I kind of feel like I should move to one of these ones you're recommending, you know? Because I've been paying for this eye contact forever, and it's like I have not been using it very often. So. Um, I don't know. I feel like that one it was it's the same with my my old website host that I got in 2002 that I used forever. It's like it it wasn't like the new ones like Squarespace. They kept trying to play catch up. Yeah. And every time they implemented a thing it was like not quite as good as what everyone well, what the newer companies were doing. So I'm thinking I'm going to switch to like I guess Mailjet if you think that's the one. I don't know. I don't know between Mailchimp and Mailjet. Um, yeah, I mean, they're I mean, both I'm happy good. to pay. I'm happy to pay. It's, I, it's a, I can write it off on my taxes. It's like, this is how I yeah. make my, my living. So I'm not so worried about being super cheap. I'd really ha rather have like, what's the best program to use or, or service to use. Um, I think either one like MailJet or MailChimp would work. Um, MailChimp does have a bunch of other stuff involved in the pr platform itself so it can get a little daunting like okay. I'll, I'll even jump in there and i'll be like oh okay this is a lot of stuff 
Yeah. And that's, the you know, <laughs> you can learn it, you know, I've learned it, but I I'm personally a big fan of really minimal, elegant ways to, to fix things, you know, right. like Squarespace, it's right to the point. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have a lot of extra stuff in there that doesn't, you know, it's like, like, uh, like Photoshop, I, uh, you know, you can use Photoshop or you can use Procreate and you both get to the, you get to the same end, but Procreate's a little more elegant sometimes yeah, when yeah, you just want to work on something. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of look at it like that. So you could probably do pretty well with Meljet. If you jump up, like, cause you will get that free account. I'm mm -hmm. starting to sound like I, I work for them. I'm all, so <laughs> anyway, we'll get you hooked up. Um, <laughs> So you do get the free 6,000 emails per month, unlimited. The next tier up would be for double that 15,000 emails per month. And that's 15 bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. that's And cheap. so ideally, yeah, it's cheap, especially if you, you know, send out an email and you sell three shirts, you right. just paid for your month. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or someone went to your show and was like, oh crap, you know, I totally got there on time to get this piece or something like that. Or, you know, you had a collector preview or something like that. Right. So I think it definitely does pay for itself. Yeah, um, for sure. And you can always, the other benefit too, is that, you know, you can always go down a tier. Right. So right. If you find that like this was too high, you can move down and they're like, yeah, we're totally cool about it. You yeah. Know? Okay, cool. Yeah. That, that brings up a good point. I don't want anything overly complicated either. Cause that's, the, I, I tried, um, it's so funny. I got, I'm still in my big cartel shop because it's so damn easy. And I, I, what happened was I got a Squarespace website and I was thinking, oh, they have a better shopping cart. So I'm going to use that. And um, the, it is better than big cartel. It has more options. It's easier to use, but it still doesn't have what I need. And I forget what it was that I needed. I needed some something with shipping something something with how to set up shipping so i'm like okay so square squarespace is great for the website but the shopping cart is still doesn't have the thing i need so i got a shopify account and i was like oh my god this is like so complicated that i ended up paying for it for like I don't even want to say how long and not using it. And finally, and I still have it. I, I took it to, to like, cause I know I'm going to get there at some point, but I, um, I took it to where it's, you, you set it to, uh, be, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's like, Oh, it's like, it's, it's like you put it on like a hiatus or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's on this hiatus period. So it's, and it's like, I don't know, $7 a month or something. Cause it's like, I've got, I started setting it up. But man, it was just like, it was like you had to watch a bunch of videos and oh my God. I don't... The benefit with Shopify is there's a few artists I know on that. And and I would encourage Shopify for those artists where going to events and selling your stuff is a big part of your life. Hmm. And the reason for that is you can have Shopify set up so that like you could be at like, you know, let's say Fright Fest or something like that you're selling and you sell a painting and that painting is in your Shopify site and you check out on like an iPad or your phone and they buy it, it'll remove oh, it from the website immediately. That's cool. So you have that connection of inventory so that that's cool, you know, cause I, I've been in that situation before I reach out to an artist, I bought a piece and they mail me a late a day later and they're like, dude, I already sold it before you did. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Yeah. I, so, Shopify takes care of that part well, for you. The thing is, 
I am trying to do less of that sort of thing. So that's not really uh, uh, something I'm looking for. But I do like, I mean, I'm basing it on other websites I see, like Trakel. I'm, I'm, they have a, a Shopify cart. And it's like they have the little um, map to show where your tracking is. I love that. I think that's so cool. So you can kind of see where it is once you uh, check out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It has like a shows a map of where it kind of So that that feature right there. So that's like AfterShip, ShipStation, all these services that kind of show where things are. Yeah. And the other services you have might have that feature or a lot of those services like Squarespace, Big Cartel, others, I don't want to speak for them, but sometimes they have third-party apps you can connect to and okay. then you'll get that functionality. Oh, okay. So I would take a look and see if you can like you know, boost up what you have right. before you move on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, so you I'll... might find, yeah, there might, uh, it's been a while. I'll be honest. Like I haven't signed into big cartel for quite a while, um, but they might even have, because, you know, all these services are kind of looking at each other constantly right. because, you know, one does something better and then the other one has to go, oh, okay, well, we have to offer this mm -hmm. now too. So you might find that big cartel has, um, yeah, so the night shipment tracking, I'm seeing big cartel inventory tracking. Hmm. So it might have a lot of the okay. stuff I even said Shopify has. I'll, I'll, I'll look look into it. I was thinking the other thing I could do is potentially if I if if I really wanted a Shopify cart, also would be to maybe hire someone on Fiverr. Because I no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, no. I, I, I mean I don't I have wanna, a friend who uses like, you know I don't want to like crap on the folks on Fiverr, but yeah, I think I, website stuff especially it's kind of always that you get what you pay for kind of thing. Okay, okay, you know, and there's definitely I've never kind of used all... it, but I have a friend who's like anytime he needs a model that needs to be like a, to be rigged or something, he'll just pay someone on Fiverr to do it. A three yeah, model and there's something. definitely some like cases where I would tell people go go to Fiverr. But the benefit with a website, I think there's always a good thing with creating a relationship with someone that kind of always knows what you're going for. Right, right. Because I think the most challenging thing is when someone has no skin in the game other than you paying them. Yeah. Then they're kind of like, okay, cool. I did this. It's set up. And the tricky part about like e-commerce and sites like Shopify is that there's like multiple ways to set something up. And uh, one will last you for a long time and the other will cause you more stuff you have to fix. Right, right, right. So if they don't do it right, then you're like, okay, cool. I changed this and now this is messed up. So uh, there's there's folks out there and I can chat with you later about that kind of stuff. Um, okay. You know, Because um, I do know there is one, I can't remember it right now because it's been so long, but there is one feature that <clears throat> I couldn't, and it was like I said, it was something to do with how I wanted to set my shipping up that Squarespace or Big Cartel would not do. Um, the other thing that's about Big Cartel that is a problem for me is that it's like it's so simple, but it's I basically have the whole store filled up. And it's like if you want to move your items around, there's one at the bottom. You have to drag it all the way up to five over 500 items. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> it's not efficient. It's really a pain in the ass when you want to like move things around or. Yeah, it's, it's, 
I think the best big cartel sites I've seen are the ones where like you go in there and they have 20, 30 products. Yeah. But if you're going to have like a big setup, then, you know, I have too too much stuff in there. I need to get rid of stuff, but um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think you have a ton. That's kind of the cool thing right now is what it, what I think always makes me hopeful about art, the stuff that's out there for artists right now is there's, you have like so many options. Right. And I think that's kind of what really goes into, you know, me constantly nagging artists to like, don't put all your eggs in one basket is because you have multiple baskets at your disposal. Right. You know, there's so many right now and all of them want your attention. Right. All of them, you know, can offer something unique, you know? So I, I think, you know, there, there's definitely something out there for you. And a lot of times, they just don't advertise as well. You know, like GoDaddy. GoDaddy is not the only, you know, website host, but they're definitely the loudest. You know, they're mm-hmm. the ones that's constantly just right. hitting people up with ads and commercials. And so they get a ton of customers just on the fact that like they're super yeah. loud. Yeah, they're a name brand that people know. Yeah. Um Yeah. So uh ah, what was I gonna ask you? I was gonna ask you something else too. Uh, oh, um, I suppose, you know, one thing that really starting when we start talking about this stuff, I'm just like, oh man, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? It's like time and research and all this stuff. So I'm going to bring up the, uh, the elephant in the room, I guess, (laughs) which is (laughs) I bet AI could probably help an individual artist do things like write up a weekly email uh, for your email list and things like that. Correct. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, So I've been kind of, it's kind of a tricky and you know, you and I have chatted about this kind of on Facebook and stuff. And I know that, you know, AI is that conversation now that gets folks on the left or they're either, they love it, they're excited or they hate it immediately. (laughs) But I kind of look at AI really like a a tool or an assistant, you know, it's not perfect. It's not, you know, I, I, I I don't know how many, it's going to take some jobs, but I think that sentence is also really simple too. like who's, right. You know, and cause I'll tell you what, like, I I don't think it's going to take any artist jobs because a lot of the arguments I hear is how skillful it is. Artists are more than skill. Artists are relevance. They're talking about the world around us, Mm -hmm. the feelings that affect us, our fears, our hopes. And that's dark art too, right? Right. Uh, An AI art tool is not going to do that. Right. They're only going to recreate what they've been trained on. And they're not looking at the outside world. You know, they don't know that like a war started a second ago or a certain area of town just dealt with a lot of poverty or pollution you know, like you look at like Chris Mars's work being inspired by the Hanford site. Mm-hmm. Unless the AI was told about the Hanford site, it won't create stuff inspired by that. Right, right. You know, and so I think that's really important when artists kind of think about AI is I think it's going to take over as many jobs as drum machines took from drummers. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really happen. Right. What happened was, is we just have drum machines and drummers now. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. But when it comes to like text content, I don't know if you've messed around with chat GPT. A little bit, not much. 
Yeah. So it's another thing I don't, you know, there's a lot of hype about how amazing it is, but I've, I've been messing around with it for a while now. And it, there's some stuff it doesn't do. You know, I had it write a bunch of haikus and they're pretty funny. I'm like, wow, that's clever. It can do that fast. But you ask it a hundred haikus later and you start to see a pattern. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. So there is a pattern here. But when it comes to email content, you can definitely, and I did this two days ago, you know, give me 10 subject lines based on a sale that I'm having this month. And it spits out 10 subject lines. And now what you do is you look at the ones that fit you. Right. And then you can even like mix and match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull out the right one. You're like, cool, this is me. It's kind of, it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of like cooking with some pre-made food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I can make enchiladas from scratch or I can buy the sauce right. and I'll buy the cheese grated <laughs> already. So it's kind of like that. And I think that's where the power is, is, you know, you work a ton. A lot of artists work a lot and having to like sit down and now do something that's not as exciting as painting is right. not as rewarding as painting is so i think in that case like that's where the ai could be a, a really great assistant to where yeah. it can do that stuff yeah you know so i would definitely encourage artists to use that because yeah you know, I think it's going to get to the point where everyone's using it soon anyway. And and I hate to be like that whole, you you know, it's here. You jump on Deal the train, man. <laughs> but like once you really start digging in and seeing like, you know, what it can do, the, the power of it. Like I'm working on a project right now in the background. I don't want to share too much about it because, you know, me, I'm kind of I kind of have a bunch of harebrained ideas I bring up all the time that mm. never come to come to light. <laughs> but I just, I needed something or someone to chat with about it. Mm -hmm. and this was that. So oh, I could wow. go back and forth and go, okay, what is, like, I even asked chat GPT, what is dark art? Oh, I was just interesting. Curious, like, what would it say? And it fired off basically what you and I and you and others have talked about. It brought up Beksinski. Really? And so it, immediately I thought, like, um, you know, I think I have it like that's still dark art. Really like, cool. Is, yeah. So what is dark art? The term dark art can refer to a variety of styles and it goes into gothic, macabre, horror art, you know, looking, looking at the inner emotions that human experience doesn't want to see. And I'm like, whoa, so if this language <laughs> model knows that, then that phrase is already out there. Right. That's, that's what it's reflecting. Right. So I was able to go back and forth and I asked, oh, is dark art important? And it went off on like five points about how it offers a different perspective, sparks conversation, provides catharsis, celebrates diversity. <laughs> and I'm reading this and you get to just keep going back and forth and not everything it says is a winner. Right. But it helped me. So that one, I'm not like, you know, at my desk talking to myself, I'm kind of talking to something else, <laughs> but it kind of really helped me work through what I was thinking that and kind so of put it into words yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Cause sometimes you know, that's and, all it takes is like, yep. it's like when you talk to a friend about something, like how you're feeling about something or you're feeling it some way and you're not really sure. And then you talk to somebody and then by the end of the conversation, you realize, oh, that's why I'm feeling that way. And it's like, yeah. I just needed to verbalize it in order to understand it. 
Yeah. And I mean, I get, I mean, I could see like some concern about that. You know, like I do have some friends that are like, man, we're all going to be chatting to AI bots soon and no other humans. Right. <laughs> and maybe some people will, but I think the benefit with this is, you know, like you said, being able to kind of just get stuff out, yeah. you know, and, and to do so without any sort of feelings of insecurity, like, I don't know if I want to talk about this or right. there's things that I want to talk about, but I don't know if I'm skilled enough in mm -hmm. the thing to talk about it. So like even, even in, you know, previous jobs, I've been around folks that are just brilliant in what they do. And, you know, I don't want to be like walking up, like asking basic level questions that they're just like, all right, kid, get out of here. Where's right. your, where's your mom? <laughs> so I can kind of jump into this and ask that question. And it kind of feels safe because Right. Well, it's basically, it's just like browsing the web. Yeah. It's just bringing it to me so I can look and learn and ask questions and go back and forth and then come up with a new idea. So, I mean, I, I think if folks really get past a lot of the, you know, what did, what did a YouTuber call it? Replacement panic, mm -hmm. you know, where this thing's coming in to take away stuff from us. I really don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think creatives as a whole, I think, are just too good at what they do to let a machine take over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I you know, I, I feel like as a traditional oil painter and sculptor of physical items, I feel especially insulated from, uh, you know, being put out to pasture because as things become more, digital uh over time in the future i think that physical items handmade physical items will become more precious so i mean it's mm -hmm. it's kind of like in in one way a lot of the illustrators digital illustrators i, I see uh, complaining about it i i sort of want to say and i was thinking of doing a a podcast episode just like a solo one just talking about this it's like you know maybe maybe it's a good time to start thinking about going back to your passion and creating work for yourself and, and trying to use, you know, make a career career out of that. If you're going to be losing potential work, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's, a, you know, that's definitely a good thing to try. And I also think that, you know, a lot of the conversations that I've seen where, you know, Oh, AI is going to take away fans. I'd even questions like, were those fans? Yeah. Exactly. If they could jump ship that fast right. and be like, you know, oh, I don't like so I don't like Chet's work anymore. I don't like yeah, you know, Eric's work anymore. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, I've I've heard conversations with businesses before where like, you know, if you you own a, a restaurant in town and a pizza shop is opening down the street and you're like, oh, this is gonna take my customers. Is it? Or maybe those people never even came into your business. Right. And maybe you're seeing them in the pizza line because they've been waiting for pizza. Right. And you didn't sell that. Right. So they're not really taking away customers because there's a possibility that those you're seeing in line were never yours to begin with. Right. So if you see a bunch of folks buying AI, they're the folks that maybe they never would have bought yours. Right. Or maybe they would buy both. And sometimes the conversations I see happening, you know, I think you and I even chatted about how toxic it was getting where I could, I've even seen folks and, and collectors I know that were like, 
I don't even know if I want to talk about this right now. Like I like both and I kind of right. feel bad voicing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So I, I really think, and I bring up the drum machine example a lot because, you know, there was a huge replacement panic about that. There was a famous bass player that thought he was going to get replaced by bass play by, you know, bass machines and drum drum machines are everywhere now. And drummers are more popular than ever. Everybody knows Dave Grohl and all these right. drummers, you know, I, I don't think it's one or the other. I think I think our appetite for art, creativity, and music is big enough that we can like all of it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, it, it, like we were talking about earlier, it's like people get really hung up on the moral issue of, hey, they took my artwork to train the AI without my permission. And that's valid. It's a valid thing to be upset about. But to me, if you take that out of the equation, there's not really, I don't really have an issue with it because it's like any other technology. And and the thing is, a lot of the artists that are complaining are digital artists that are that put the oil painters and acrylic painters out of business back in the day. And they are also people that are, are using photo reference from the internet just grabbing photos for reference for their digital paintings. So it's like, and it's, you don't want to say, I don't want to say that though, because on one hand I feel kind of bad. And I, and I, um, I feel, uh, uh, I sympathize with them, you know, but this is really like a, a capitalism problem more than anything. That's, it seems like this is more about people shouldn't have to be, I don't know. I don't, it's more, people shouldn't have to fear losing their job every time a new technology comes out. It's like this whole system is so fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, you know, I've thought about that a lot recently is like a lot of these conversations we have are exactly what you're saying. Like we're so, uh, we're so uneasy and, and uns not insecure, but unsecure in, in our safety in life that right. whenever something can threaten it you're like well this is this could radically change my life right now in a bad way yeah and i'm already not doing the best right. you know there's a ton of people in the u.s right now that are living check to check yeah. you know and it's like that phrase that that i think of you know is you're always one bad day away from being homeless you're never one good day away from being a billionaire right <laughs> it doesn't happen and so i can understand the threat you know but i think i think the two can coexist. I think, like you said, it's definitely a capitalism thing. And I, I disagree as well. I think there were other ways to have trained the artworks, Yeah, you know, but I think we chatted about that. Like the tech world tends to look at the, you know, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. Right. And it's not right, but yeah. you know, we, we all know many companies. I mean, we all, every one of us has heard about horrible things Amazon does and it's not to like give them a pass. It's just, that's what they do. Yeah. And part of the reason why they do that stuff is because we voice our discomfort about it. We voice our concerns, but then we keep giving them money. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and AI, the way I think about this is like, I sympathize with both sides. I think there are valid points and it was kind of tricky during the height of it to be in the middle and be like, Hey, everybody, yeah. <laughs> there's good points because, you know, AI to me, like these models, I've been thinking about artists that are disabled 
Yeah. You know, like imagine painting for years, something happens to your hands. You yep. can't paint anymore. Now someone can train a model on all of your own personal art. And now you have your own personal AI to keep making yeah. your own art. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Know? It's that's outstanding. But at the same time, you know, I, I do agree that it could have been done different ways, but hopefully if we push it in the right way, we'll get companies, you know, like I think you posted that glaze a couple of days mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. Stuff like that yeah. will, prop, will crop up because folks are showing concern. Right. You know, and they're not trying to ban it like like boycotts and bans. I, I'm not usually a fan of those because I think what they tend to do instead is bring more attention to the thing. Right. You know, where AI is fun, it's exciting, you know, and so I think a lot of folks were saying, hey, stop doing this fun thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's exciting, it's fun, it's yeah. instantly gratifying, and you've been trained that way from social media. Quit doing that. Right, right. And I think the reality, like, or, or what might have helped a little better was, you know, hey, do cool stuff like that. Be aware of what it's doing. But also, hey, look at these artists that are making the cool stuff that you appreciate every day. All right. And let's also still support them. Yeah. Because we can, all of us, we can do both. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just hyper polarized. Like everything is nowadays. It's, it, it, I just, I, I hate to see the, the, the fighting and the lack of, uh, you know, civil discourse with all this stuff. It's like, you see people, you know, just saying horrible things to other people, you know, because they are, this this uh issue has become like a political thing almost and it shouldn't be it's 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 not politics you know it's not it's 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 weird it's like yeah it's like one side sees it completely one way and the other side sees it completely the other way and there's there's no like okay i can see your point on that but this you know what I mean? And that's sort yeah. of where I find myself is like kind of in the middle and I hate to be the middle guy, but, but for this issue, it seems like, I mean, I'm, it seems, I, I just honestly feel like I could see the concerns and I could see the benefits. I guess I'm, I lean more towards, um, it's like, I don't even want to say it cause I don't even, I don't want people to get pissed at me, but it's like, I kind of, I overall, I guess you could say I lean at this point more pro AI because a lot of reasons I could like everything we've been talking about. There's a lot of reasons, um, but I can still have all the same concerns that I did before, you know? Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm at the point now really, where, so, yeah, I, I'm at know. the point now too, where I, I like, you know, I have friends that are like, oh, AI is going to take your job. Please do. I, I want a break. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, go ahead. Give me a break for a while. Because if, if enough of us are out of jobs, hopefully like right. we, we can't, that can't sustain. Like we, we'd have to start talking about universal yeah. basic income at that point, yep. you know, and there are things I would rather do, you right. know, and <laughs> And there are things that I don't want to do, you know, like I, I like emails. I enjoy writing an email, but if someone came and said, Hey, Josh, this, this chat app will write it for you and it will do it better than you yeah. probably. And what if it can almost kind of guarantee some sales, Right. which it can't, but like if someone could do that and say, Hey, 
you're tired, you're exhausted, you're frustrated, all these emotions are hitting you because whatever's going on in the world, well, this will do it for you and it might do it better. What do you think? I'm going to go cool. Right. Yeah. Give me, give me a shot. Like I'm tapping out right now. I need a break. You go ahead and do this for a while. You know, I'm kind of at the point too, where like, you know, I'm already seeing setups. Like, I don't know if you mess around with Figma at all. Mm -mm. So Figma is kind of like an online kind of Photoshop. Um, Adobe bought Figma recently, but you know, it's kind of like, imagine having Adobe Illustrator in your browser and you can kind of put stuff together. Mm. There's AI tools in that where like you could, immediately build an email just by drag and drop Hmm. fill it with what you want click a button and it shoots it over to whatever email program you're making and does all the copy for it does all the text the subject line the body stuff like that so you just change little things you just saved yourself like three hours right now get to enjoy more time more time with your family yeah you don't get to miss out on other spots of life like I'm going to go ahead and take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't, I, I guess I don't understand as long as it's not hurting somebody, as long as it's not taking advantage of someone's hard work. If, if it's something there that can make your life easier, go for it. Yeah. You know, cause at that point, me sitting down and like building everything from scratch, especially if I don't love it, you right. know, if I love it, build it from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like there are still people out there blowing like glass light bulbs. Right. Like they're clearly doing it because they love it. Yeah. People are still buying it, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to go out of my way like that. Um, so I definitely think that's where it has that place is to help out with that. Cause I know like you, you have, you're constantly painting and working and stuff like that. If something came in and magically in your house and said, Hey, I know how you frame stuff, Chet, I'll frame it all for you. Right. Yeah. Like you'd be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, virtual assistant that will do a perfect job. I'm not going to. Well, that's that's the thing. It seems like, ironically, the people that it would help the most are people like me, like independent artists who do it all themselves. That's yep. that's if it, it, I'm the, you know, kind of person that's like, I don't want to write the email. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I got to do I'm shipping stuff. I'm doing all this stuff that's not related to painting because I have to because that's the way that's the only way I can make money. So, um you know, the idea that sitting down to write an email, I mean, that's like a painful thing for like for an emailist. That's like a painful thing for me. That's why the, another reason I stopped doing it, it's like, it's hard because I have to get out of this, especially in, in the midst of creating artwork. It's a totally different, it's like the other part of your brain and to switch over back and forth between those two states is like oh, really, yeah. really difficult. It's like, I, I already, I, I, I plan my day out to where the first half is all business stuff. Like I do shipping or print labels, whatever this kind of stuff and then the second part is the art stuff because you it, you can't go but i can't go back and forth so the idea that i could have this um uh assistant do all of these things that i don't want to do or i don't have time to do because it's like i'm forced to do them myself in the first place it's like i i'm already being forced to do it this way because society does not really value what we do in that way, you know, so it's like, if you're going to do it, okay, you can do it in America, but you're going to have to bust your ass 24 seven and no one's going to help you, you know? Yeah. That that's like, that's been a big concern of mine too. Like 
And I think it's happening as I get older as well, where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to get to the point where it's finally time to retire. If I even get to. Mm -hmm, right. And at right. that point, I'm like so worn out. Now I'm just sitting on the porch 24 seven because I can't do anything because <laughs> I'm just exhausted, you know. Yep. And so any anything that can kind of make things easier, because I don't really see a lot of things coming along, I guess, in the grander scheme, like with our companies and our politicians of any indication for them to help us have things easier. Yeah, no. You know, it's no. it's this this hustle mentality. And I, I dislike hearing that when people talk about that like you know if you ever if you ever i don't know if you look at linkedin i, I wouldn't but <laughs> like i looked at i look on linkedin and there's this mentality of like you know dudes getting their hair cut while they're on a meeting yeah the and grind, bragging grind about set it. Like, and all that yeah yeah as long as that braggable like you can't have a minute for yourself yeah <laughs> you know and so at that point i'm like well then let, let's let the ai come in and help yeah. you know and i think that's kind of the thing about ai is the conversation is definitely dominated by image generation AI, right? You know, image diffusion and stuff like that. Like, I think that's just such a small that's a part. Sm yeah, that's a small part. I've seen. I saw someone making uh, uh, video games, like little simple video games, that someone that never coded. And, it, yep. and it's like, uh, I also saw. Uh, <laughs> someone get taken down on Twitter today. Someone that was, this is the, the dark side of it. They were making images with mid journey and then making them look like pencil drawings and then Photoshopping them into a sketchbook and then laying their pencils up next to it. Like they just sketched this thing and then they have pictures of them painting at an easel on a, on a mid journey rendered image they made. And they totally got called out by this guy, and and um, like he he did the overlay thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they deleted their account instantly. It was just a complete scam, and 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 this is the kind of thing that just rubs artists the wrong way, and and really gives it a bad name. It's the worst case scenario. It does. But those are the chuckleheads that I think like <laughs> those are the chuckleheads that I think like they're always going to find a way yeah, to true. scam. Right. Yeah, it's like and, and if you like really quantify like how much work they're doing. I know. You're like you're spending so much time. Just do the actual exactly. thing. Exactly. It's so much more you fun know? and rewarding. So <laughs> if it's not AI, they're they're figuring out other ways That's true. to kind of game this stuff, you know. So the the benefit with them is that they tend to have short attention spans and that stuff because they're not getting enough applause right or they're not getting enough money right so once they do a thing for a while and they're like okay this isn't getting me the level of whatever i want whatever their success is fans or money they'll move on to the next one that will right. you know and so once this kind of ai thing dies down i think that's when you're going to see more and more folks looking into what it can do We'll see another big wave of what AI can do and more folks will come on board. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to kind of go through this, you know, in, in many waves, you know, yeah. Um, I, I just had it while you were chatting. I just had it write an announcement email for you for your new email newsletter. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. So it just said, so we're thrilled to announce renowned artist Chet Czar and it goes off into your new email program and all the stuff that they'll see for the journey ahead. Oh, that's so cool. So it's like three paragraphs. <laughs> it did that in seconds. And now you get to go in and, and make it yours, it. Yeah. change some words, 
I don't like that line. Let's get rid of that one. Let's right. do this. And then you're done. That's great. Because I really can't imagine a fan looking at it and go, you know, I have a feeling this is chat GPT. I'm right. going to subscribe. <laughs> well, it's like. I'm not going to like his art anymore. Yeah, right. Well, the thing is, if if I see it and I rearrange things and I say, this represents me, then it represents sure. me and it's fine. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, I, 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 uh, wanted to bring up i saw this guy on youtube when this stuff was all starting um this this first big wave where where everyone was using it for everything and this dude made a comic book the whole thing was i'm gonna make a comic book in a day i've talked about this on the show before and so he made this comic book in one day by using mid journey for images and uh i think i don't know if it was chat gpt or it might have been a different program for writing the text and um and it was like it was cool it was a cool i mean for a day it was amazing but seeing how he did it was so exciting because he was taking he was curating all of all of all of the text and he was changing things and rearranging and he really was kind of making it his own you yeah. know there was enough interaction from him that it was that he was like turning it into something that it was an artist using these tools to create this new thing. And it got me super excited about it, actually. Yeah. I mean, there, there's that. There's also another artist on Instagram. I don't know if she's cool with me sharing her name, but she has two accounts and one is her paintings. And she's been mm. doing that for a long time since when DeviantArt was like the cool thing. And then another one for just the AI stuff. Okay. And you can see the AI bending heavily towards what she's always made. Hmm. So really pushing it. And then she takes that. She allows the AI to do random weird little stuff. And then she builds up on it more. So right, it's kind right. of almost like she's kind of using it. Almost, like What's that thing? A lot of art classes, that exquisite corpse kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, where you right. Start a drawing. And then yep. she's doing that by herself. That's cool. And she doesn't have to rely on anybody. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like where I grew up, I was lucky to be surrounded by a bunch of creative friends, you know, that did a bunch of stuff. So I learned about electronic music that way. And we challenged each other to do this and draw and, you know, a lot of graffiti, street art, stuff like that. But what if you don't live in that situation? Right. What if you live in the middle of nowhere and now you're doing this and someone's like, oh, you're taking away jobs, taking away jobs, dude, we don't have a grocery store in my town. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not taking away anything. Like, I, I you know, I, I think about all the, the, the imaginations that are out there that don't have that ability, you know, because they're in a desert of some sort. Right, right. And they get to use these tools and, you know, maybe the thing they make isn't perfect. But maybe 10 years later, they get to do it better and make it better. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. it, it's kind of like I, what I'm getting excited about is like what it will do for movies. Oh, yeah. You know? um, and mainly just not necessarily the special effects, because I still absolutely love practical effects. Mm -hmm. But there are things that we can't do in movies. You know, like I think when it comes to like envir environments, yeah. generating stuff like that, yeah. space or even video games. Yeah. Like. You know, having it to where you're playing, like, you know, let's do a horror movie game where it's literally changing every single time and every person is experiencing something different. Right, right. You know, so that way you can't ask a buddy, hey, how'd you get through level three? Yeah. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> it was totally different than yours. Right. You know, and that kind of stuff is exciting to me. Yeah.
Yeah, it's 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 exciting. It's exciting stuff. I mean, it's like I I I know I'm gonna eventually be using it for something. Um, I to me as a as a painter, it's like if I if I need a reference for a sky or something, I can go out. I can take a picture. Or I can go online and steal something the way most people do and just like kind of rearrange it in Photoshop. Um, it seems like such a great tool to be like, you know, type out, prompt a, a certain sky that you're looking for and then render that and then use that for your reference or, or anything like a can that, the, or some object that you don't have access to other than pictures on the internet that someone else posted. Yeah, in a certain lighting condition to match your painting or something. It's like, I, I, I just you know, I, I, I just see that. I don't know. It's it's worse. I'm still kind of in that NFT space. I mean, on Twitter, watching it because it for a while there it was like pretty cool, and I was making pretty good money for it was crazy <laughs> i yeah. mean I, I didn't get in on the uh the big wave where people were making like crazy oh, like money yeah yeah uh but i got into where i was like it, it was it was nice it was helpful um and of course what you see because now it's the nft space is f overrun with like low effort crap and criminals like worse than it was before and so you see a lot of people just like, oh, I'm an I'm an AI artist now, and I'm making an NFT, and I'm just busting these things out, and it's just like, <laughs> you know. But that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other issue. Um. Uh. Anyway, it it, it looks it looks bad. Um. On AI 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 artists that are doing actually really cool stuff. Like there was uh, an artist I had on the show when AI was just kind of starting out and she was doing really cool stuff. And it was very mixed with Photoshop and it was, she was doing a lot of processing and chopping things up and, and layering them. I've seen a lot of artists do really amazing stuff using AI, but also putting in a ton of work to like collage things together properly and, and get a completely new thing, but using these elements they rendered out, it's really interesting. Yeah, that's the thing I don't understand, right? Like I, I did have a conversation with one with one artist and you know, using AI, chopping it into pieces, taking parts out, somehow wasn't the same as tearing open a magazine and cutting pieces out and making a new collage. And I was like, that's still someone's like that magazine was still someone's IP. If right. I if I rip out Brad Pitt and put him in a piece, that's still Brad Pitt. Right. I didn't change it. Yep. You know, and so it's not necessarily to like say that like how, you know, AI being trained on artists work was OK, but right. there are still areas where we kind of blur these lines all the time yeah. when, when things are OK and when they're not. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> to go back to like, you know, selling work like, oh, it's OK to sell some cheap stuff, but now you can again. You have to do this. And I'm right. like, you know, I think it's great that art exists in all these spaces in the world and how it exists for us, but it doesn't mean the way you work has to be that damn confusing. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like just if it inspires you and makes cool stuff, just, just do it. Because I think at the end of the day, I think it's most folks aren't really going to look at it and judge it like 
the people who are technically savvy about it will like, like when I watch a horror movie, you know, my wife is enjoying the movie. She's enjoying the scares, the acting. I'm enjoying that stuff, but I'm also looking, okay, where's the latex been painted in? <laughs> where's this? Oh, look at that. I saw a mistake here. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so I'm going to dissect it like that, yeah. you know, and I'm I think that's way. where a lot of the AI conversations are coming from where most folks are like, it's, it's, I just like the way it looks. It's cool. Right. And they could, you know, I think a lot of folks, I, I worked in a museum for a while and there were a good amount of patrons that came in that didn't even know the difference between acrylic and watercolor. Right. Yeah. And when you're like, oh, well, this one's paint, pigment and water, and this one's pigment and water. And they're like, what? It's the same. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's different. You know? And at that point they're like, I just want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Right. You know? Um, there's one artist, I don't know if you've seen him, but his, his name is Dougie Pledger. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Duh, some of the AI stuff he he's does like the is king. amazing. He's the king. Yeah, he's he's uh, a, a, a friend of mine who's a, who's a really great artist. He was like, he's been like broken by this whole thing. He's like really bummed about it because he's seeing stuff that like Dougie's that he's been kind of doing, you know, trying to do in physical pieces and he's just saying, Dougie just busts these things one after another, you know, and it, it's just, it's, it's, uh, he's having issues with it as an artist. Like, is this even, why should I bother kind of thing? But I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him on it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I can definitely see how, how, how challenging it is, you know, and I think that is why I think it's great to talk about it is, you know, it, it is, it is a new thing. I think we are hitting like a new revolution, right? Where like industrial revolution and now it's this new technological one, this mm -hmm. AI revolution. So stuff's definitely going to change. Yeah. I don't, um, my hope, and I'm trying to be optimistic about it is that it's going to change for the better. I'm also kind of, you know, like, like look, I'm looking at one of Dougie's works right now, like a little Sunday with a little monster in it. And I would totally buy that as a sculpture. So if, if Dougie makes it cool, if another artist makes a sculpture from hand that took five times longer, I'm the type of collector. I'm still going to buy that too. Right. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's, I, I think, you know, and yeah, collectors, they're not all, the same where I'm going to buy art constantly and fill my house, but they are there. Right. And I think there are some, and I think some fans can turn into those, you know, mm. I mean, you've seen it online. There are fans that their den has every star Wars figure ever. Yeah. You know, or video game collectors that have every game system ever, you know, I think as technology goes and, you know, in a way, electronics get more and more boring and stuff gets more boring, you know, cars. I don't think cars look as exciting as they did back in the seventies oh, yeah. and sixties. Mm -hmm. I think folks will start kind of attaching to this stuff. And, uh, you know, I do think there are folks like I like Dougie's work. And at the same time, I'll snag someone else's, right. You know, because I like the thing. Yeah. You're not, you're not just going to go and, Oh, I like AI art now. I'm just going to get all that. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, I'm I'm literally like I'm a glutton for art. Yeah. And that includes all of it. Right. And so when something new comes out, it's just more for me. Right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know? And yeah. I'm not going to stop paying it like, you know, 
since the day I really started getting into <coughs> art and talking about it, the artists that I appreciated when I first got into it, I still appreciate to this day. Mm-hmm. I didn't like replace them in my head. Like, right. you know, I've only got so many slots, I better <laughs> remove a couple, you know? So I still look at the same artist. I still appreciate the same stuff. And I think a lot of folks are like that. Yeah. But I think, and you know, to not sound too crotchety, I think, I think social media really messed us up. Oh yeah. In thinking sure. that, you know, oh, well my likes are going down. I'm losing stuff. Right. Without ever questioning, what did you lose? Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you've you've seen, you know, profiles I've managed that got super high. And what did that really mean? Yeah. You know, like uh, another friend in the the social media space calls them vanity metrics, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just a way to kind of, oh, look how many followers I have. Well, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. You have do you have 3000 people that just hate you and they're following you to see you fail? Right, right. You know, mm. or you have 4000 bots and 2000 people that liked you but totally forgot you're there. Yeah, right. You know. So I think it messed with us a little bit to where we judge what we do by that when we all functioned quite well before social media came around and you made stuff and you had shows and Yeah. Our previous artists had shows and we still talk. Like I still look at Giger works. I still look at Basil Gogos, you know, and they're not flooding my feeds with their stuff. Obviously they can't, but I still look at that stuff because I love dark art. Right. You know, and I'm going to consume all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about this is that as long as you still do the thing that the community likes, there'll still be a place for you. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I have to mention this. Um, have you seen Tim Malloy? Do you know Tim Malloy? Yeah, that sounds super, super familiar. M-O-L-L-O-Y. He's been on the podcast. He was just starting this project when he came on the podcast. And now it's like incredible. It's on his Instagram. He, he's doing like scenes from this, this fake movie. It's a movie. It's a TV show. That, oh. that took place in his comics because he's a comic book artist. And so he's making them like using mid journey. He's making scenes from the TV show that, that never existed. And it's really amazing. It's really amazing stuff. And it's just like, as its own thing, it's like, you can't deny this is incredible. I don't care if it's AI, you know, <laughs> I don't. And it's, and just looking at it too, it, you know, it looks like his. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's kind of the thing is I think I think AI was judged a little bit too harshly on all of, you know, again, those those chuckleheads that just, you know, spooky scene by Beksinski, right. ha ha ha, and then flooded <laughs> online with it when you're like, we know what it is. Yeah. And I did the same thing. Yeah. You know, I, I tried to test it with Beksinski works and I did. Um, I did a series of works where I was trying to see how close it was. And I did a portrait of Krishnamurti by you, David Stupakis, <laughs> Eager, all these. And it never looked like any of your works. That's, that's what, uh, you should listen to the, the meet Smire episode. If you haven't I listened to a majority of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause he was talking about how, how he kept trying to, make it do all these things and he could never get it to do it. He could never get it to duplicate some 
piece of artwork, a specific artist, he couldn't do it. Like he said, he spent a year trying to do all the things that people accuse it of doing and he couldn't yeah. get it to do it. You know? Yeah. I, I even created a couple of really, or not created. I prompted a couple of cool works. And then once it was there, I was like, okay, cool. Well, uh, I don't know, raise your left arm. And then the arm doesn't move, but the head turns and there's a dog <laughs> in the background right. now. And I'm like, so I, I don't, I really think it is like a tool to be used in some capacity. Like, you know, I was chatting with a coworker where they're like, well, it's going to take graphic design jobs. And I'm like, really? Like, can you imagine someone working for a company and just taking sketches? Okay. What do you want? Cool. Here's a wireframe. Here's a sketch. Here you go. And then someone at a computer, like, okay. Uh, and they're prompting stuff and the guys, all, okay, do a sun, do a sun in the background. Okay. Sun in the background. No, not a little guy, not someone's son. And then you're like messing around. <laughs> well, Hold on, I'll get it right. right. I got to change my seed. Right. I, but you I think know? I think what people are 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 saying is that eventually it will be that. Oh like, yeah. There will be an interface to where you can be like, you're doing and the using folks sliders. Be able to use and... it the best are artists. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I You'll know exactly so, yeah. what to ask. Yeah. I mean, I I have a challenge sometimes where. I noticed that I was prompting the stuff to create art based on words that I knew just from art history. So I'm like, you know, oh, uh, create like a whatever, blah, 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 Baroque pattern with this and this and this. And then it spits out something looks nothing like it. Right. <laughs> and then I try other words and it works better. And that's because the stuff wasn't tagged with the words I was using. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, I think it's, going to work for those folks that know how to speak to it. Mm -hmm. And that to me, that's an art form in itself because I feel educated about art somewhat. I definitely have a gigantic school loan about it, but <laughs> when I jump in and try to get stuff, sometimes I get back garbage wow. because I really yeah. didn't ask it the right things. Yeah. You know, and it takes that tenacity and that urge to jump in and, you know, then I'm hit with, okay, I got a cool work. Now I'm going to remove it and go into Photoshop and do this and do that and do this. And there's that art again. Right, right. That not everybody can do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. To bring this back around to <laughs> email marketing, because we're getting, we've, I've kept you on probably longer than I should have. Um, uh, do you have any, any, closing statements or general advice you can give uh for artists about regarding email marketing maybe just some kind of like i don't know any any anything a, a call to arms for artists in their email marketing because i think i think it's uh i'm definitely hyped to get going on mine so i think it's important yeah i so i would say like you know i think now is the perfect time to get into the email stuff be if 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 nothing more than just to have control more control over who you communicate with right. you know you're not relying on some big tech company you're not relying on the whims of some ceo you know the if you have a solid email list on mailjet you find you don't like mailjet because the ceo does something horrible you take your list and you go to mailchimp right as long as they're still opted in and they still gave you consent, you can move them. Companies migrate to new email platforms all the time. So you can do that. You can't do that with these other platforms. It doesn't have to be something you dedicate 
as much time as you do your social media stuff, mm. you know, where Instagram wants you to feed it daily. TikTok yeah. wants you to feed it daily. It needs you to be addicted to it where right. email is like, okay, I sent an email. Cool. Let's see how it does. Right. We're good. You know, and it can really be just, you know, a once a week kind of thing. I know artists that send one or two emails a week and that's it. Not, mm. I mean, not week, a month. Mm-hmm. They're doing just a little bit to get it out there, you know, and the main thing is, is that, you know, as long as you follow the, the laws, you know, which it, that can get pretty deep, I will admit. I mean, I, I still every once in a while, you know, get lightheaded just reading some of the, the legal documents. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as, you know, whoever's going into your email list is giving you consent. So a quick way to do that is if you have Linktree at all, put mm-hmm. Linktree in your social media platform whether it's Instagram, TikTok, and one of the links inside Linktree can be your email signup form. Oh, that's a good idea. Damn. And there you go. Okay. And then they can go, they can sign up for it from your Linktree. You put it everywhere. There it is. You collect those folks, send an email. It. I would say your email doesn't have to be the most beautiful thing in the world at all. Remember, your art is the the main thing they're there for. You're not selling emails. All right. You're not putting <laughs> emails on a gallery wall. So- <laughs> Pick the most simplistic, simple, change the background to black if you want, put yeah. your logo up there, do little stuff. Do not spend a lot of time thinking about it. You know, if you ever get bored, you know, you can go to a website called Really Good Emails hmm. and search companies and you'll see how simplistic, like Nike's emails oh, cool. are really simple. That's handy. Really good. They're emails. just showing the shoes. They know why you're there. Right. Right. And so- Folks are there for your content, so let the content speak, and that's your paintings and your art and your shows and your book and or your pins or whatever you're doing. So be consistent, chat with the folks, look at look at the, you know the click through rates, look at things like that. Um, pay attention to the audiences, um, and it's kind of one of those things where you can put one foot into the water. And just, you know, send an email and just do a little bit, or you can really dive into the metrics and the platform and start doing what they want. And then you can keep getting better and better. So the tech will grow with you depending on how in-depth you want to get. So like, that's what I do for a daily basis. I'm in there breaking up lists of millions of subscribers by what they look at and what they see and doing all this stuff. But you could have just as successful a program for you just by saying, Hey, these 10 people clicked a thing. Let's send them an email saying right. thanks. And here's a free wallpaper for your iPhone. Yeah. You know, little stuff like that. Yeah. That's so smart. Um, you know, and use a reliable email service provider, MailJet, MailChimp. Um, what's another one? Uh, one's called ConvertKit. You know, I think if you kind of look around, you mm-hmm. might find a couple, but I would say MailJet or MailChimp. Um, and then make sure, you know, Calif- like America, we have the canned spam laws. So as long as you don't spam folks, you know, don't hit them up too much, they'll unsubscribe anyway. And the email program will, won't allow you to send emails to them or mm-hmm. it shouldn't. Um, but also, if you are a business, there is a chance you do have to put your address in the email. Oh, interesting. So okay. at the bottom, if you have a PO box, that's cool. But okay. You, you technically are a business, so to stay away from canned spam laws and stuff like that, 
put your address there. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, um, I'm an LLC, so. There you go. See, that's and that's probably another good thing for artists to learn as well is, you know, I know it's hard to kind of sometimes look at yourself like a business, but you are. And that's where yeah. you get the tax write-offs and that's yeah. where you get all the other benefits. Definitely. And so, you know, to to look at the email, like the email is not only then a way for you to communicate with your fans, it's a way for you to run your business. Yeah. You know? Well, um, and, and really that's about it. I would say like if, you know, it, it is kind of tricky because, you know, it's definitely something and I've contemplated this as well. Like, this is a lot of stuff. I mean, I've even thought about like, should I, I, maybe I'll do a YouTube video or maybe I talk you into that where I help you with your email program and we document it somehow. Oh, that would be killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would love to do that. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff does take a little bit of showing folks. Right. But for, for those people out there that are listening, if you just do email marketing for artists in Google, the first thing you will hit is one from a website called Art Marketing News. It's called the Definitive Guide to Email Marketing for Artists in 2023. Mm. That's a good read. Read okay. that. Cool. Um, it's huge, but at least it'll let you kind of dig in and see what's going on in that kind of area because, you know, the technology for email is pretty old. You know, it's still you know, running the same way it has for a long time, but it's just kind of one of those things. It's just kind of pretty stable. Yeah. You know, where you can still do well, still connect with your fans. Um, it's, it's there for you during sales during the year, or if Instagram takes a crap or TikTok gets banned, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's yeah. kind of the thing is I would really encourage folks like get that you know, email link list in your link tree. Now, if you have more than 10,000 subscribers in Instagram, I think you can put links in your stories. So you can have them click on the link from the story. Oh, for the, to, to sign up for the email. Yeah. I think if, if I remember correctly, I used to do this a lot. Like if you have more than 10,000 followers on Instagram, you can add a clickable link in an Instagram yes, story. You can. I just did that the other day. Yep. I would link that to your email signup form and uh, do a story yeah. that literally says, Hey, email signup form, join me, call it whatever you want, email yeah. club, whatever. You're not going to get a thousand people clicking it. You're going to get the quality. You're going to get right. the ones you're like, hell yeah, I want to be there. Yeah, and you yeah. might have to do it multiple times. Yeah. Great idea. Great um, idea. And build that now because, you know, I think like, like I said, like we're seeing with, with TikTok, I think, you know, social media is going to change yeah. in some way, shape or form. And email has just kind of been this stable thing that yeah. has really changed a lot. That's so true. It's, yeah. It's... You know, it's, it's not the most exciting thing in the planet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's cool, but I think it's at least, at least something you should have in your tool belt. Yeah, absolutely. Is the one one last thing I wanted to ask you, is there an artist that is killing it with their email marketing that you know of that like really Ooh. is doing great work or is it one of those things that you haven't really seen that much? <laughs> <laughs> um I mean there there've been a couple, you know, honestly a lot of times it's a lot of the artists that tend to to do more of the kind of colorful poppy kind of stuff landscapes mm. things like that you'll see a lot you know like um who, who was it what's that artist's name does a lot of like landscapes of san francisco and they're really impasto kind of um 
uh, what's that artist's name? I'll, I'll remember right after this, I bet. Yeah, probably. But, um, I would say who tends to be really good with the email game sometimes is galleries. Hmm. Galleries are pretty solid with it, hmm. you know, especially in San Francisco, there's a few that are really good. Um, but also like for inspiration, I think this might fit with the dark art world as well. Look to t-shirt brands, hmm. you know, fright rags, cavity colors, gutter garbs, all those, like I get their emails. They're fun. Mm, They're okay. filled with visuals. They let you know what's going on. They let you know when something new is happening. And, you know, they're kind of, I, I think what's kind of cool about it is dark art. You know, a lot of folks in the email world are trying really hard to get their stuff to stand out. Dark art already stands out. Right. <laughs> you know, so if you're getting a bunch of emails from Whole Foods and, you know, the traditional medicinals tea that's and all true. this yeah, stuff like true. that. Yeah. You're looking at all these beautiful, clear, crisp little emails of someone drinking tea on the porch. And then you cl collect the next one and it's, you know, a Chris Mars piece. Right. It's going to stand out. Yeah. True. It's going to catch your attention. So that's you funny. already have that edge. Yeah. You know, where other folks don't. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the other thing I would say real quick is don't be afraid to try wacky stuff. You know, I, I messed up one time and I sent an email out to like a few million people and I forgot to put a subject line. So it was <laughs> blank. There was nothing there. And I was, I was freaking out. I was like, oh crap, this is horrible. Cause there's a lot of revenue tied to this. And it was one of the best performing emails. Wow. Because, you know, and I wouldn't want to do that all the yeah, time. Yeah. Cause they're like, what is this? This isn't normal. Yeah, so they but, clicked it to see what it was. Yeah, Probably. try something, you know, send an email out where the subject line is a bunch of poop emojis. You know, <laughs> I, I mean? you know what? It's funny that you you say this now because part of, a big part of the reason why my email is so screwed up now is because I, back when Obama was getting elected, was going to get elected, I was, you know, of course, like a lot of people, I was like excited. I was donating to, to Democrats and getting on all their fucking mailing lists that I, oh. it's like, I want to kill them all now because they just won't stop emailing me. I'm trying to unsubscribe because I'm on like all these political email uh, lists. And it's like, it doesn't matter if I agree with their politics or not. It's like, I don't want to have my email clogged up with them anyway. Um, uh, but I notice they're, they're actually big on the email game their their email game is pretty strong because now that you mention it it's like they put things in the in the uh the title of the email that a couple times i almost opened them because it seemed like it was either personally directed at me like it was someone i knew or it was just some weird wording that made me go what you know and notice it oh yeah, if you ever get curious, I'm more than happy to chat about this. When it comes to like the enterprise level companies, they they I mean, you've I'm sure you've experienced this in the past where like you say something to your wife and then you open Facebook and there's an ad for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the email world on the enterprise level is like that to where you know, um like Facebook for example, Facebook's a really good one. You cannot be signed up for Facebook at all, and they still have data on you. Oh, and the reason really? why they have data on you is because they put cookies in other people's web pages. Oh, like, wow. so if you go to like, let's just pick eBay. eBay has a Facebook cookie because they have a Facebook account. They advertise on Facebook, and that cookie is tracking you 
and everybody else, oh, shit. even if they don't have an account. Yeah. And so they're sharing it. So being able to like, like, you know, if I wanted to with, with a client, I could get creepy enough where I'm like, Hey, Chet noticed you got yogurt last week. Here's yeah. a coupon <laughs> for one down the street. Wow. And you're like, what? Because yeah. they also, another thing that AI is doing, which is kind of creepy is predictive modeling where it notices you do a certain amount of things and it, it will say there is a 98% chance Chet's going to get yogurt again this Saturday at three o'clock. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's freaky. It is. It is. It's pretty, it's pretty wacky. I mean, like I, I am amazed by the technology to know that I'm that predictable when I thought I was kind of exciting. Yeah. <laughs> not. <laughs> um, but at least in, in our space, in just art, I think just having like a wholesome, even if chat GPT helps you having a wholesome, mellow, almost kind of down to earth email is what's going to help you the most. Right. You know, like even send it, send an email out one day that says AI didn't help me write this. Right. You know what I mean? Or yeah. put it in the body, you know? And I think for a lot of artists, that's something that can kind of help them as well as be honest with stuff. Yeah. Totally. You know, like if you like yeah. to, not to go back to the AI too much, but if you're concerned about it, just update your profile that says hand painted by me. Right. That's it. Just little stuff, little signals. People will appreciate it. They'll be cool. It doesn't have to turn into a battle. Right, right. But it's something you can do to just kind of stand out a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's something that, yeah, I would say just, I, I really, you know, not to, again, sound too salesy, but I think there's only benefits by by launching one. And do not let the social media fever we've all had to to make you think that having an email list of 30 people is horrible because that might be the 30 most engaged people you've ever met. Oh yeah. You can, you can, I, I, I've said it many times. I, um, out of the 121,000 people on my Instagram, I only got, I don't know. It was like, now it's like 320 people on my Patreon and that's paying my mortgage. It's paying bills. It's, and they're the most engaged people. They are also yep. buying directly from me for things. They're asking for commissions, so it's it's not about and this is something I I really learned from that first uh, episode with you where it's it's not about quantity it's about quality especially yeah. in art sales especially in art it's like small numbers of people that you can build a relationship with and um, and they want to support you and you want to give them great art it's like this really great mutually beneficial relationship because you know you know as an artist we know without collectors who gives a shit you know what i mean it's like yeah you have yeah. To, that's part i've always said that's part of the process is is sharing the artwork in the end that's part of the artistic process you know if you just paint things and never show anybody it's like it's like why bother well and and your fault like let's say you had a solid base of 300 on patreon or 30 or whatever you know, I think too many artists look outside that and they're okay, where's the rest? Where's the rest? Where's right. the rest? When the ones that you have next to you, ideally they're talking about you to people too. Yeah. Right. You know, right. so me, me back in the grocery store with the God Machine hoodie, God Machine's a UK artist. Mm -hmm. Who knows if this dude's heard of him? He's right. in there buying chicken nuggets or whatever. 
and he just learned about an artist. Right. I'm more than happy. I probably got a little too weird on him where I'm like, look, dude, this is how you spell it. You want to do this. It's .co.uk. Like, you know, your fans are going to do a lot of that work for you too. Yeah, right. they love their community. Yeah. You know, and I think that a lot of folks are missing a community right now. Like, you know, I, I miss the horror communities I was in a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I miss the way the internet kind of used to be in the beginning. Right. You know, and so I think communities are even more important. And I think we kind of lost a little bit of that. We're like, where social media sold us a community, but it sold us this never ending build of a community that we kept doing because it was never good enough. Yeah, right. You know, and I think emails, emails that way to get out of it. And I would say email is that way where depending on how you do it, where you can build and nurture and foster that community and keep the conversation going. Right. So if the internet takes a shit and we all go back to 1990s internet, your email list is still there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like they, like MySpace can't even come back. Nothing. You still have an email list and you can, Hey everybody, everything's gone. This is shit. Here's a new painting. Right. (laughs) You know? So I, I definitely think it's worth giving a shot and, Hopefully there's enough resources online or, you know, if, if I help you out with yours, we'll document it somehow because I will admit there is a lot to it, mm-hmm. but I think folks can get started right away. Yeah, maybe. We, yeah, uh, that might be. Yeah, we should talk about doing that. It could be something to where, you know, you, you oops, you uh, you help me out. We We get it all set up and then we have another episode to where we talk about it and you kind of explain everything you did maybe or something i don't yeah. know yeah or, or we could do a video I, I don't know yeah we should talk about it it's a great idea though um yeah so thank you so much for coming on uh, as always super insightful um some of the most insightful podcasts we do are with you so um well thank you for having me yet yeah. again always you got an open invitation um, I, I, I was going to say, I hope people listen to this, but I have a feeling they will, they will, since you have the most popular episode and the whole well, run of 378 <laughs> shows or whatever it is. Well, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> they don't look at it, see email in the title and I'm like, oh, ugh, I know I have to figure out how like, to do, how am I going to do this kind of clickbaity thing on YouTube to make it, to make people want to yeah, listen to this. this. This ain't your grandpa's email. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mention AI in the title somehow. That that'll, that'll yeah. get people to to listen. Um, it's for their own good. Uh, yeah, awesome, great talking to you. Um, and as always, it's always just good to talk to you because you're a cool dude and and uh, you've been one of the OG dark art supporters. I don't know if people realize it or not, but you were there from the very beginning and um, done so much good for the community. So we we all really appreciate you and uh yeah so thank you for sharing everything uh more than happy to like i said it's you know uh selfishly so i can just keep on seeing more awesome art and (laughs) you know um and i think the world honestly needs it you know i I think especially with I, i was thinking about this a while ago um you know not to keep it too long here but just the way the world is right now i think this is really even more so than ever before. I mean, is dark arts time to really kind of show what it has? I mean, especially since chat GPT wrote a manifesto for it for me, just by (laughs) asking for it. It's like, here you go. Right. So when, when the AI is starting to look at dark stuff, 
I, you know, I think, I think it has a, a really important place. And so I'm more than happy to always, there, there's enough art history geeks like myself in the Renaissance and the Baroque and all that yeah. stuff like that. So whatever I can kind of do to help, help this, this scene and even the scenes around it, right. just bring more stuff into the, more stuff into the world, you know, is, is, is definitely my end goal. You know, that I'll, I'll add one little thing to, uh, that you mentioned, <clears throat> You know, you just want more art. You just want more art. The funny thing is like every artist is like, oh, I want to give it to you so bad. <laughs> it's like we live to make art for you. It's like this is what we love. It's it's the be- it's our favorite thing to do. And we're just dying to figure out a way to be able to afford to do it. It's like we, you know, because we, we 99.9% of us are like, don't care about the money and we're doing the business because we have to, we care about the artwork. That's the fun thing. And, and you know, someone like me, I'm trying to make a decent living with it because that's, that's, I think that would be the ultimate coolest thing is to be able to do your favorite thing and then make a good living at it, you know? Yeah. But um, it's just so funny that you're like, you know, you're wanting, you're wanting it. You're wanting to see more and more and we're wanting to give it to you. And it's like, (laughs) well, I think, I think people need to wake up because, you know, during the pandemic, we saw how important art was, Mm -hmm. right? Folks were locked up and what did they do? They didn't just stare out of a window like Forrest Gump, right? right? They listened to their music. They watched their movies. They read their comic books. They bought art, you know, so art is there whenever we need it. And when we need it the most, right? Right. There are people who don't like art. I don't get it, but like it's, it's important. And I, I, I'm hoping that folks start waking up to that again, that it's, it's there for you 24 seven. It's not just there when we have a a pandemic. It's not just there when you're at a concert, it's like there all the time, Right. you know, and in order for that to happen, the artists need to have a place to live, eat food, (laughs) take care of their family. And I'm I'm a big like I think I'd like to see money taken away from billionaires that don't need it. Oh, I know. Let's give start shifting that over to the folks that actually like give us stuff because right. It, it, it's that's a weird one that I have a hard time dealing with is watching people online defend billionaires. Oh, I know it's so crazy. And there it's are folks so that need it more. Where you're like, dude, this video game you're playing is because of artists. Yeah. Not that billionaire. Yeah. Right. You know, and so I, I'm hoping. Who knows? Something something will change or enough folks like me and you will be out there screaming about it in the streets, you know, that that more and more folks will start, you know, seeing like, oh, crap, you know, it's the metalhead that helped me when I needed it most. Right. It's the not metalhead. It's, you know, th- that's that's the community right there. The community, uh, you know, maybe it's got billionaires on it. I don't know. Hopefully they're cool ones. But it, it's really that community itself. And in order to be a, a thriving, healthy community, people need to be taken care of. Right. You know, and if you have the ability to do it, then help out. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Ireland just, I read a thing that uh, Ireland, what was it? They took a small amount of artists, like a thousand artists or 2,000 artists, I don't know, s- small amount of artists and they're paying them $350 a week. Oh, nice. Just to do it so that they can do their art. I mean, it's like, how fucking cool is that? 
Yeah. It's so amazing. So uh, hopefully that spreads because something, something's got to, you know, the whole universe, hope so. universal basic income thing. It's like it has to happen at, at some point. It's going to have to happen. You know, it's going to it seems like it's going to I can't see any other way, with, especially if everything be, goes becomes automated or, you know, well, I mean, I, I'm for one, I'm going to stop buying shit myself, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's getting expensive enough where, yeah, like, right. you know, I, I enjoy eating a nice meal, but you know, this, this stuff continues. And I'm like, man, I, I lived on ramen for 12 years as a kid. I could do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and a lot of those companies are going to be hurting. So they're going to have to step in. I, I think the days of like unregulated profit over people is going to have to stop because we're just not going to be there to pick up the tab. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? True. We just can't do it. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, sorry. You can't get your third yacht. Yeah. <laughs> it can't support itself anyway. Okay. We're going off to. Yeah. Tangents. We're, anyway. going, we're going into ramp mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again um, for, for coming on and don't hang up. And the last thing you just have to say goodbye to the audience. So just say goodbye audience. All right. Goodbye, audience. Thank you. Everybody get an email program going on. It's cool. You have to do it. Um, and any questions, you know, hit the hit the comments on this YouTube. That's right. I'll drop some, I'll drop some links in there and hopefully other folks that are into this can jump in there and help as well. Let's show how that community can help each other out. Right on. Thanks so much, Josh.